Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the third Sunday in Lent, and we hear from the Reverend Maggie Foote as she preached from the lectionary, which this week was John chapter 4, verses 5 to 42. As always, you can find more sermons or information on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. evangelist. Yet by the end of this story, she's practically converted her whole community to being believers of Jesus. She's an unlikely evangelist for a couple reasons. First, she's a Samaritan, and the Samaritans and Jews have major beef. They can't agree on how to worship, where to worship, or how to interpret the scriptures. Neither of these groups associate with people from the other side, so Jesus, speaking directly to her and asking her for water, breaks all, all sorts of societal norms. Second, she's a woman, and at that time, men and women were not supposed to speak privately unless they were married or related. Again, Jesus pays those norms no mind and talks to her anyway. These truths have been told about this story over and over again throughout the years, and I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention them. And... But for the purposes of our sermon this morning, I want to focus on the third thing that has captivated me this week that makes the Samaritan woman an unlikely evangelist. And that is her relative newness to believing in Jesus and her willingness to share the good news about him despite not having it all figured out. So let's revisit the text. After Jesus reveals to the woman that she has had five husbands and gives her his message about living water, she begins to believe that he is at least a prophet. And then Jesus tells her that he is the Messiah. Then after their conversation is interrupted by the disciples, of course, she goes out into the town to tell about what she's just experienced. Come and see a man who, has, who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Right away, the Samaritan woman starts telling people about her experience with Jesus, even before she really understands what has just happened. She tells them, come and see this prophet. I wonder if he could be the Messiah. She wonders aloud with them about who Jesus is and about his message about living water and what has drawn her close to him, even as she's still figuring it all out. But the call to action that the Samaritan woman gives the people in her town isn't for them to believe that Jesus is the Messiah on her account. She invites them to come meet Jesus for themselves, trusting that Jesus is a compelling enough prophet that once people meet him, they'll also believe. The Samaritan woman doesn't take on the burden of trying to convince anyone of anything. She simply shares her own experience with Jesus invites people into her own questioning and trying to make sense of that experience, and finally invites people to come and meet Jesus for themselves, trusting that their own experiences will allow them to see Jesus for who he is. Now, bear with me for a moment because this sermon is going to take a swerve, but we'll get back to the woman at the well shortly. This way of evangelizing sort of takes me back to October 9th, 1999. Picture it. Columbus, Ohio. I was a couple weeks shy of my 12th birthday, 
And my dad and I drove from our home in suburban Cincinnati, two hours north for my very first Ohio State football game. Now, my dad is an Ohio State grad, and so for my whole life, every Saturday in the fall, we watched football games, and, we, and he always made us his hot Italian subs for lunch. And I always hung out with the family in the living room because the game was on, but prior to that day, if I'm being honest, for me, I was in it for the subs. <laughs> my dad always went to one game every season, and he usually took my mom or my older brother. But for whatever reason, in 1999, the stars aligned, aided by my brother's weird version of teenage rebellion that involved pretending like he didn't care about sports. And I got to go with my dad to see Ohio State face off against Purdue University, who at that time had a young Drew Brees at the helm as quarterback. I remember that day very clearly. We went to lunch. My dad bought me a traditional Buckeye necklace, and off we went to the game. It poured down rain the whole time, and the Bucks narrowly squeaked out an upset over the higher-ranked Purdue 25-22 to with a blocked field goal attempt in the final seconds of the game that would have allowed Purdue to tie. <laughs> it's not an exaggeration to say that going to this game changed my life. The earliest signs were that I was now interested in watching the games on TV, and I wasn't just in it for the subs anymore. I started asking my dad about the rules and the penalties, and he would answer what he could, and when he didn't know the answer, we would look up the rules together. From that year on, I went to a game every year with my dad until the fall of my freshman year of college when I was enrolled as a student at Ohio State and sat with my own friends. My dad says he knew the day of that game that I would end up going to Ohio State for college, and he was right. And I still wear that same Buckeye necklace every single game day. That day changed my relationship with my dad. It influenced where I chose to go to college, which in turn impacted the friends I made, the major I chose, the career that I have now, etc. Without realizing it, my dad employed the Samaritan woman's evangelism strategy. Maybe you've had a similar experience with a friend introducing you to a new band or style of exercise or inviting you to a book club or even a church. My dad shared with me something that was important to him, and he invited me to come experience it for myself. Trusting that nothing that he could ever say would, would have the same effect as me walking into Ohio Stadium for the first time, being surrounded by 105,000 other screaming fans. The pouring rain and the end of game dramatics was just an added bonus. After the game, he talked to me about it and helped me learn more about my new favorite sport, college football. He didn't have all the answers, but he helped me look for them. I wonder how our perception of evangelism could change if we paid more attention to the Samaritan woman. She doesn't feel the need to say all the right things or speak with any degree of certainty. She has an experience with Jesus, but she still has questions. She, ch she shares her own experience and invites people to come and meet Jesus for themselves, and they do. They come in droves, and Jesus stays in that town for a few days, meeting and talking with people. And in the end, they're sure to make sure she knows that they begin to believe because of their own experience with Jesus and not because of anything that she said. All she did was get them there. Now, I'm not suggesting that we need to go on a conversion spree trying to save souls. That wouldn't be very Episcopalian of us, after all. <laughs> but what I am suggesting is that we can't let the fear of not having everything figured out for ourselves Stop us from extending an invitation to a friend or family member who is seeking something spiritually. 
I'm also suggesting that it's not up to us what happens from there. All we can do is extend an invitation and trust that Jesus will show up for, for them in the way he did for us. After all, who knows what a simple invitation from a loved one could lead to? Maybe a changed life.